0: This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode number 184. Today, our special guest is the American Organization of Nurse Leaders President, Dr. Robin Begley. And we discuss the findings in AONL's latest longitudinal impact study on COVID and nurse leaders. Stay tuned for these important insights.
1: Welcome, everybody, to Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. This is your co-hosts, Tracy
0: and Michelle, the dynamic
1: duo. Of course. (laughs) Who else would it be? Who else would it be, right? (laughs) Irreplaceable. That's (laughs) Ah, Just another lovely day, podcasting and talking to amazing people. Yes. Can't are. get any better than that, can it? No, we are
0: so blessed. We are so blessed. And mm-hmm. today we are so blessed because we have a repeat guest, Doctor Robin Begley, on our podcast. And uh she's she's just such a nice person, isn't she, Tracy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we kind of, we attract people that are nice, I think. <laughs> yeah, she's really nice. And she's very easy to talk yeah. with. It was a, just a great conversation. And uh, just, I, I, yeah, I really enjoy just being with her and learning from her. And yeah. the work that she's been doing has yeah. been really great.
0: Yeah, she's been She has been a wonderful leader for the American Organization for uh, Nursing Leadership, AONL. And I've enjoyed just, you know, watching, observing her leadership and her commitment to really reach out and collaborate with people like us and other people all over the world. And uh, we're going to hear about some of her global activities in the podcast interview. Uh, But Tracy and I invited her because... We have been um, watching and learning from the longitudinal studies that AONL has been doing in the COVID era, and they just put out another one recently, the fourth one. And so we're just thrilled to have Robin on our show to tell our listeners a little bit about that. So it was a great conversation. Uh, And so let me introduce you to Robin, and then we will get on with our interview. So Robin Bagley is the Chief Executive Officer of the American Organization for Nursing Leadership, AONL, and Senior Vice President Chief Nursing Officer of the American Hospital Association, AHA. And in her role at AONL, she leads a membership organization of more than 11,000 nurse leaders whose strategic focus is excellence in nursing leadership. She oversees a number of key initiatives involving workforce Workforce quality and safety, and future care delivery models. In addition, she works collaboratively with the AHA to ensure the perspective and needs of nurse leaders are heard and addressed in public policy issues related to nursing and patient care, and leads the AHA Workforce Initiative. Um, She serves on many boards, most recently as a member of the AONL Board of Directors, Chair of AONL Foundation Board of Directors, and the Schwartz Center for Compassionate Healthcare Board of Directors. She earned her Doctor of Nursing Practice degree at the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey, now Rutgers. Oh, I didn't know that. How interesting. (laughs) And she earned her Master's from Widener University in Chester, Pennsylvania, and her Bachelor's degree from Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. She is a board she is board certified as an advanced nurse executive with the American Nurses Credentialing Center and she was inducted as a fellow into the American Academy of Nursing in class of 2020. So we will now take you to our conversation with Robin Begley.
1: We'll get back to the episode in just a minute. But if you're like many of the healthcare leaders we talk with, you continue to experience the fallout from the pandemic. Your worst fear is while you continue your search for the new normal, you're letting everyone down. If you're exhausted before you even get to work or every time your professional life bleeds into your personal life, you feel angry and you feel guilty. If you take any time to care for yourself, we guarantee you're doing at least one of these things. You think you must choose between your professional and personal life, you sacrifice your personal needs, or you make yourself accessible 24-7. That's why we created the Virtual Leadership Survival Boot Camp.
0: In the boot camp, you'll learn the survival tactics to manage the tension between your professional life and your personal life, develop a survival strategy, and create your own unique early warning system so you can reclaim your life and have a positive impact on your team. Registration will be open soon, so go over to missinglogic.com forward slash new dash events. And join the waitlist today for the February 2023 Leadership Survival Bootcamp. Well, welcome back to Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. Robin, we're so excited to have you back with us.
2: I'm really thrilled to be here. This will be fun.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> How? Always oh, fun. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't the first time you've been on our podcast. In fact, we were looking back and the last time you were on was episode 95, which was back in May 5th, 2021. And now, all these months later, you're going to be episode of uh, 184. So we've had a few episodes in between. We were just talking about how now we have uh, our podcast on our YouTube channel. We're doing video now. So now people can not only hear you, they can see you. So again, we're really excited to have you back. So, Robin, as you know, Tracy and I have been working with healthcare leaders to survive and thrive during these challenging times the last few years. And we've been offering a leadership survival boot camp several times a year. And then we have a thriving, resilient, unstoppable coaching program for healthcare leaders. And not surprising, many of those leaders are nurses. And we have been so appreciative of AONL um, doing the insight studies, the longitudinal insight studies of nurse leaders uh, since COVID hit. Um, We think it's really valuable data and we know it's so important to keep our leaders strong um, during these times. So. Thank you for that. And if you could just start out by telling our listeners a little bit about the survey itself, like how you came up with the idea, how you plan it, what goes into it, you know, the intention of it and the items that you picked, just a little background about the survey itself would be great.
2: Sure. Well, thank you. And first of all, I'd like to say thank you to you both. Tracy and Michelle, not only for inviting me here, it's great being back today, but really for what you've done for the field to support um, all healthcare leaders, but in particular our nursing leaders. And it has been such a challenging time, as I know you know, and we've talked about that. Um, But thank you. Appreciate all the support for the field. Uh, A little bit about the survey. So initially, uh, way back in summer of 2020, right after the beginning of the pandemic, Uh, We wanted to do a survey that, um, you know, really looked at and investigated the basic issues. What were the pressing issues facing our nursing leaders? And initially, we received a gift from Jocelyn Insight, and they basically said, we want to help. We understand that, you know, the nursing leaders are very challenged right now, and we want to help you um, do a very... structured survey that would give us very credible information. And um, the first one that we did, as I mentioned, right after the beginning of the onset of the pandemic, we thought it would be a one and done. We really thought that, okay, we're going to survey our members, find the pressing issues, their challenges, and you know, way back, thinking way back to that, you know, period of time, we thought it would be over then. Um, of course, we know that that's, you know, that that isn't what happened. So six months later, we wanted to repeat this the study. That was early 2021. We found the need again to repeat it last summer in 2021. I believe it was August. Mm-hmm. And then thought this summer, You know, we want to continue um, the longitudinal aspect of the survey because we were able to ask some same. you know, some of the questions are identical from the beginning to through this fourth version, yet change the focus a little bit and look forward. So many of the questions remain the same, but also we've been able to modify the questions uh, based on the environment and what was happening. And what we did in um, concert with our you know, our friends at Jocelyn, who continue to help us with this, basically, um, internally, we look at what potential questions we want to ask. We look at what are the issues in the field. And then using their methodology, they do some Um, qualitative questioning of a a pilot group before we do the the, uh, larger survey. So, it's been very effective. And, um, you know, I know we're going to talk about uh, the most recent study, but, um, you know, it just adds value for us to have this information over time.
0: Yeah, totally, totally agree. So important. So, kudos to you and Jaslyn.
1: Well, Yeah. And it's not ending, right? (laughs) Just keeps morphing and changing. And so I think it's really great to have your finger on the pulse of what is changing as we go forward. So this most recent study uh, was titled Nurse Leaders Top Challenges and Areas for Needed Support, Part 4. And that was published in October of 2022. So I think you mentioned the study was kind of done in the summer and then the data was analyzed and, and the report. So you've mentioned it's kind of morphed. So, what was the focus
2: for this particular um, survey? So, great question, Tracy. So, you know, we wanted to again check the pulse of nurse leaders to see what areas have improved, what are some new challenges, and um, you know, as I mentioned previously, the survey focused on COVID nineteen. But as we are emerging from the pandemic, or I should say, learning to live with the after effects of the pandemic. We really wanted to you know sort of switch the focus and make it future, you know future facing. Um, we included new questions about workplace violence as well as how nurse leaders spend their day and what functions that they do in their day that bring the most joy, and also what are those areas of frustration so um, and that was actually at the request of our president, Eric Martin, who said, you know that in his facility, he works in a children's hospital. That you know he he saw he observed so many of his colleagues, um, you know, doing some things that were more administrative or um, you know routine in nature that took them away from what the, where they really wanted to be spending their time. That's with their teams, with their patients and families, and you know, it was just interesting conversation and dialogue we had prior to finalizing the questions. And so we we added that, and we got some really great information.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love the way that you uh, were very intentional of reaching out, hearing from people, coming back in, and then seeking overall input from everyone. Um, That's really, really great. So I know one of the focus... Uh, areas as well was asking what are your top three challenges right now so what came out on top for nurse leaders in
2: this insight survey okay so the top three challenges and i don't think they're really surprising the first one was emotional health and well-being of their staff Uh, the second was and and these are all kind of related i think the second was staff retention Um, Additionally, you know, some places did in the very beginning um, have furloughs and layoffs. And, you know, it's been a little bit cyclical, but we wanted to keep the question the same. So the second um, top three of our top three is staff retention, furloughs and layoffs. And the third, and this was a relatively new category added that they that rose to, to number three was traveler travelers and the contingent workforce. So we know from um, everything we've been reading, everything we've been hearing, that, you know, since our last survey, the number three survey to the number four, and that was the duration of a year. The whole issue of travelers, um, you know, and contingency staffing really rose um, to the top. So, um, you know, very telling that that still is an issue even though, as we look across the country, we may see our hospitalizations of COVID patients going down, thank goodness, but the staffing challenges really still are quite acute, and um, you know many reasons for this. Uh, but you know the the fact that many nurses took to uh, contingency staffing and want to be traveler nurses. I don't think we're going to see a, um, you know, a reduction in that anytime soon. Many hospitals and healthcare systems are still using quite a number of travelers.
0: Yeah, it really, um, it, it really opened up the door for options for people to really take advantage mm-hmm. of that for many different reasons, for their financial, mm-hmm. fa- family financial opportunities, and um, just to, I think, have a different experience during that time. And uh, we, we actually did a podcast uh, episode uh, from someone from a staffing agency and then brought the voice of those who are traveling and what it was like mm-hmm. for, for them as well. And as Tracy and I work with healthcare leaders every week, you're exactly right. Uh, Robin, staffing continues to be one of their number one concerns that we hear about. So it's, and, and you know, we've all been around long enough to know it's really always been a challenge, <laughs> yes. but it kind of spikes and goes up and down, right? So, and, mm-hmm. and we've we we also noticed that their number one concern was the well being, uh, their emotional well being of their of their staff, and that also goes along with what we hear and what we see about them being caring for others and putting their teams first, and they that's something they generally um, think
2: about constantly. Well, and I, that's a great point, Michelle. But I think, um, and what we've heard, you know, from our nurse leaders. Um, Again, this was a question that we wanted to ask consistently. But when we talk about the emotional health and well-being of the leader, you know, that also is a major concern. And when we, for example, the chief nurses are, you know, are worried and concerned about the emotional health of their directors and their managers. So, and, you know, last week I was at an American Hospital Association board meeting and the C-suite is worried about, you know, their colleagues as well as, you know, management at all different levels. So sure. even though, um, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, obviously our frontline staff have the most, had the most contact and perhaps maybe the most trauma in dealing with, you know, with, um, you know, the challenges of COVID, it has been really um Quite a lesson to see that it's it's affected everyone, yes. and not just those in direct patient care. It is pervasive, I think, throughout healthcare right now.
1: I would agree. I would. Yeah, agree. I would too. It's uh
2: and everybody's tired.
1: <laughs> Sorry, yeah.
2: and we knew that was.
1: Well, I'm just going to say, we kind of had a sense that was going to happen. That's why when COVID hit, we turned our attention to the leaders because we kind of had that we knew behind every clinician was a leader holding them up, right? It was not too long. If nobody's holding the leader up, <laughs> right, the leader will fall. And so it's just, this is such important work that you're doing. Well, just thank you. Yes. We're
2: trying to support you know, our, you know, our members and the leaders. Sure. And the one group that we're in particular focusing on um, from an AONL perspective, although they're all very important, is that in frontline nurse manager. Yes. So that, that nurse manager, and that actually has been, validated not only from um, you know the survey we're talking about today but in other ways that we've reached out to um, through a, cap- a crowdsourcing methodology for example and you know just actually in conversation with um, you know with our leaders and our members across the country that nurse manager is really most vulnerable from a leadership perspective and it's really not surprising when we look at it because um, you know, and again, I think some of us have had the opportunity to do many have many roles in in nursing and you know and it's been a very long time, but when I was a frontline you know nurse manager, it is just so all consuming the responsibility for staffing twenty four seven and also you know the patient outcomes i mean you're so close to the patients and you know the patients' families as well as your staff nurses it's such a challenging job. And I think, you know, in many organizations, they have a very broad span of control. Many, you know, many people report into that, you know, that frontline clinical manager. And um, just the burden that that, you know, that that is, is, is pretty remarkable. So we're, we have a number of initiatives to support our nurse managers.
0: Yeah, that, that's great. And, and we hear that too. And especially like the new emerging leaders, they're coming in at a time and being new leaders. When things still, you know, are far from stable and normal. So they need a lot of extra support. So I I think it's great that you are supporting them as well. Very important. Very important. Uh, We also noticed in this latest insight survey that the financial resource availability, which you also have consistently asked, um, it jumped up to number four as the number four um, top challenge. Um, Just Mm -hmm. one point behind the third one. (laughs) And Again, financial challenges, uh, some of the fallout of COVID, the travelers, and a lot of other things that have impacted hospitals and leaders. Um, Tell our listeners a little bit about this result and other things that you're hearing from nurse leaders when it comes to financial resource availability.
2: Sure. So um, there's a number of things that are really, um, I think impacting the financial resource availability and if we read the newspapers too we see that many hospitals and health systems actually right now um, for this year we're in 2022 um, the projection is that 50 percent or greater of our hospitals and health systems will finish the year in the red and you know of course there's always some systems and some hospitals that do extremely well and others that really struggle i mean that's been just the nature of healthcare. But to have that many that are worried about even breaking even is pretty is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Some of that is inflation and cost of supplies. So as we know, you know, the cost of food, the cost of gas, I mean, that just the basic things that we struggle with on a, on a daily basis in our personal lives are the same things you know magnified for hospitals and health systems. So the inflation of goods, meds, you know, um, supplies, food that we need to, you know, feed our patients, et cetera, as that elevates, it erodes the, you know, the budget. But also we have, you know, the, um, you know, not only the contingent labor, you know, costs were, were we know in the beginning or as they were initially used, they were extremely high. Some of that has resolved. And I would say that on a whole, that our travelers Um, and our agency staff are not quite as highly reimbursed as they were, you know, in the, you know, in the real thick of the pandemic. But we've also, and and this is not necessarily a bad thing, we've been able to, or we've, we've seen that we need to raise the salaries and raise the compensation for, um, for the rest of our workers as well. So, um, you know, raises to keep up with uh, cost of living are happening in hospitals and health systems. You know, there is still an increased amount of, of travelers and contingent staff. So that is obviously more expensive than, um, you know, than our regular staff. And just the combination of those combined have really led to um, a concern about being able to stay viable. And we've seen, you know, that some um, some organizations are cutting services. They're um, you know, in some cases, closing beds, you know, some of that's financial, but others because they don't have the staff to to keep those, um, you know, to keep those beds open. But mm-hmm. then it's a, it's a vicious, vicious circle, because if you don't have patients, you're not, you know, if you're looking at it from a financial perspective, yeah. you're not generating revenue. So, um, you know, it's just one of those challenges. But, you know, those are some of the things that we advocate for, quite frankly. Um, AONL and ha I mean, we feel the need to point that out to our legislators. We're very active in um, with our advocacy efforts at AONL to be able to speak with our, you know, our federal legislators. And our goal is in every state to be able to have a relationship with our elected officials so they're aware of what's really happening in their um, in their home state re- regarding healthcare and nursing, it's so important to keep everybody aware, yeah. right?
1: Because change starts with awareness. Until until we get that awareness, and it's difficult to get things um, to move cool. forward in a way that would be helpful. And and it's everybody's at risk. So while we're feeling the pain in healthcare, and the leaders are feeling the pain. Every community is at risk right now, right? And the healthcare industry is at risk. Everybody's yep. at risk. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think it's just, it's just a critical critical moment in time for all of us. So thank you for your advocacy. Um, now, the other thing is that's happening is um, we're hearing a lot too, and this was in your latest survey, was really around workplace violence and incivility. And um tell our listeners a little bit about what stimulated adding that and just
2: kind of some highlights of the results
1: that you have found.
2: Sure Tracy, happy to. And unfortunately, um you know, we know that workplace violence has been an issue facing healthcare workers, especially nurses and social workers, but really pretty much anybody that works in a in healthcare. This is not a new issue. Um I think in the past we First of all, you know, as nurses, um, you know, when we're dealing with, with people and with patients who lack capacity, um, you know, we wouldn't necessarily consider it an incidence of violence if you were um, kicked or if you were hit. And, you know, we'd say, oh, well, the patient didn't know what they were doing. And, and that could very well be true. But the fact is, is that it still could potentially result in an injury Um, that kind of thing. So, you know, unfortunately we saw that within the last couple of years during the pandemic, um, it's become even more of an issue and some of it is verbal. So, you know, whether it would be characterized as incivility, um, verbal abuse, you know, in essence, this is probably, you know, one side of the spectrum, but needs to be, um, needs to be accounted for, needs to be addressed, mitigated before the fact would be the, the best. And we actually have, um, you know, we we developed guidelines for mitigation of, vi- of violence w- along with the Emergency Nurses Association in 2016, but we felt the need this year to revisit and to and to really make sure that they were contemporary. So that work's been done along with the toolkit. And it's not just for nurses; it is really for um, you know for all those in healthcare. You know, some of it may have come be- come because of the um, I'm going to call it the politicization of of you know of the pandemic. And for a while there, there was a lot of um, you know there was a lot of uh, incivility around. Do you have a va- you know? Are you vaccinated? Are you not vaccinated? Why are you asking me that question? And and just even the masking, etc. So I think tensions got really high during that time. Um, interestingly, I was I presented at the International Hospital Federation meeting a couple of weeks. Actually, it was it was two weeks ago. And this is not a phenomenon that's only found in our country. And I was actually a little bit surprised about this. But I presented on workplace violence and. Across the globe, this is reported as a big concern. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that I'm sure sociologists and historians will be studying for literally probably decades, but um, maybe because of the pandemic throughout the world, this has become more and more of an issue. So we wanted to ask this question during the survey. And our last survey, we said, you know, we asked nurse leaders, um, 72% of the people that we... Um, that we surveyed said that they witnessed bullying or incivility in the past year. So more of the verbal abuse. And pretty astoundingly, 53% witnessed inc- incidents of physical violence in the last year, which is really disheartening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think maybe the good, the, you know the silver lining here is that it is being viewed as um, totally unacceptable. And you know what are the strategies that we can employ to, um, you know, to not even deal with the aftermath, but really to mitigate it, you know, to prevent it from the beginning. Interestingly, too, the majority of bullying and incivility came from patients, families, and patients. So the you know the patients, families, and the patients followed by staff, nurse, and physicians. So that's staff against staff. But this, you know, the first was definitely from the people that were taking care of. And when looking at the physical acts of violence, uh, patients and patients' families were found to be overwhelmingly the aggressors. And I don't think that's really surprising. That's, you know, unfortunately what we expected to see. I think the numbers really shocked us, though. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they are high numbers and i so appreciate you bringing that forward because you know you hear about it but i think again it's just it raises the awareness and i and what we've seen and what i think is so important is just that collective non-tolerance of it um so that you all can kind of stand together and uh, dealing with it in in the workplace um so yeah
1: well, that's one thing. When it's patients and families, it's another when it's within your team, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it just adds to it, right? If you don't have the stability of that team um, and the, the healthy relationships with each other, it makes it harder to deal with the things that are coming at you from the external, from outside. So great. one adds to the other. Yeah, certainly very concerning.
0: Yes, well... Now for some good news on this insight survey. <laughs>
1: yeah. Is there some good news? On Let's the bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> and it
0: goes back rapid to something that you mentioned earlier that, you know, you also are keeping your pulse on the leader's emotional uh, well-being. And we know that 2021 20, studies showed that there was, you know, an increase in nurse leaders not feeling emotionally well. But on this particular survey, um, it showed some improvement And that uh, a rise of those who consider themselves emotionally healthy or very emotionally healthy was up by 16 percentage points. So we were very happy to see that. Um, And we also uh, appreciate that you are keeping your pulse on leaders that are leaving and those that are intending to leave. And um, the study showed 13% intend to leave and 25% are considering leaving. And what did the survey reveal regarding the reasons that nurse leaders intend to leave or are considering leaving? What are some of the rationale provided?
2: The top three reasons that nurse leaders um, gave to us was that, number one, well, I guess and the top three, I think that's a better way to put it. They're looking for better work-life balance, for sure. Others said they felt burnt out and exhausted and a third group just said they were looking for a new opportunity. Um, and that's kind of, again, um, you know, it can be viewed as a positive and as a negative because nurses and nurse leaders, they're in demand. So, um, you know, healthcare is one sector that is very broad and becoming, you know, more than just about healthcare delivery. So there's lots of industry. I mean, I opened the, you know, my my um, email this morning and, you know, big companies like Walmart and CVS and are not just looking for um, people to deliver care, but they're also now including them in the strategy and in the leadership of, of those companies. So the thought leadership that nurses can, that nurse leaders can share, I think is really um, is beginning to be seen as really valuable, which is a great thing. But of course we worry about, you know, people leaving, um, you know, our health systems and, and, and our hospitals. So we have to, you know, we have to factor that in. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we're all working on better work life balance and that is really a priority for, for all of us. Um, I participated on the national Academy of medicine, um, you know, uh, steering committee, On health worker well-being, the the uh, big report came out October third. Now the steering committee is in the process, uh, and you know, and the report's great. You can go online, you can access it, but it's not just a plan to sit, you know, on the shelf or to be a document in your computer. The challenge now is really to be able to take the recommendations and the actions and make them real. And it's not just about health systems and and hospitals. It's about universities. It's about um, you know. It's about our business community. It's about our insurers. You know, you name it. It's pretty comprehensive. It is about our legislators. We need some, you know, some policy to help support this. And so, um, it's a very you know, it's a very large issue, as we all know. And we need to um, to be focused on it, which I believe we we are all realizing. Um, burnout and exhaustion is something that I know, you know, you both work very much in that space with our, with our nurse leaders. And, you know, I do have to say many of our nurse leaders, when we look at the demographics, I mean, they are in some, you know, we have a large, you know, a large percentage in the baby boomer population. So they're looking to maybe, either, um, kick back a little bit in some cases, retire altogether. And, you know, I think it's been a time of examination of, okay, what, a, what, are we, what's important to me and what am I going to do with, you know, the rest of my, um, either career time or my, you know, in, is it time to, to, uh, you know, just say, I think I've done enough for my, you know, for my career and I'm going to sit back and, 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 maybe do some family related or some other personally related. things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well and I think COVID also, right, had people reevaluating what really matters most in my life and what's my next step and how do I wanna contribute towards the end of my career, those types of things. Yeah.
2: You know, and I think end of the career whatever. and really all through all phases, I think. I think that's what's COVID has really had people re examine, you know, the yeah. purpose of their life, the purpose of work for them, and you know, how they wanna spend their time. And that's not necessarily a bad thing either.
0: No. It's not. It's not bad at all. And I think in the work we've been doing, um, what has really emerged is they never really had a strategy to... Find balance in their life. I think people nurse leaders are so committed, <laughs> right? And they just they care about their team, and they always show up. And um, so I think many of them have paused and have said, "Hey, there's got to be a better way." They still love what they do. They believe in the the work and the profession. It's just finding some strategies so they can really have more work life balance, which is really important. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, joy Join joy in the purpose of, of work. Yes, for sure. Yes. So exactly. I have a couple more things if you want me to review that um, I think would be interesting to the audience um, along this line. We did ask if people plan if our, our members plan to leave nursing altogether. Sixty four percent said no. Eight percent said yes. So although sixty four percent is a really good number, I mean, eight percent thinking they're going to leave is concerning. Um, We asked about what solutions um, your organization can do to improve your work satisfaction. And the number one response by far was to improve staffing shortages and workforce challenges. Uh, Number two was increasing salary and compensation. So two things that we weren't really surprised at seeing. Um, And the the survey also showed that the vast majority of organizations have responded to the staffing shortage by increasing wages, bonuses, or other compensation. So, you know, we talked about that a little bit related to the financial status. But I mean, I, I believe that you know, healthcare organizations just understood that they needed to keep pace and needed to increase wages, um, and that's for nursing, but for for all you know, healthcare workers in general and they're also listening and responding to the voice of their staff nursing that was the perception of our nurse leaders in the in the study that their their administration and their organizations were listening so that was that was great to see so um you know so we have a lot of work in front of us <laughs> but you know again when i meet with nurse leaders and have the opportunity to travel and travel is picking up again so um, you know, I've been I've been really fortunate this fall to go to a few places where I w- was able to interact with a lot of people, and you know they're they're tired, but they're positive, as you said earlier. Nurses are really special, and they love what they do for the most part. Um, don't always like everything that's um, involved with the uh, I guess with with completing their their job on a daily basis, but they love their, you know, mission in life and taking care and and, uh, providing, you know, optimization of of their patients' health and, and connecting with their families is so important. And from a nurse leader's perspective, supporting all that still brings a lot of joy and meaning to, you know, to our members. And so, you know, it just reinvigorates me to talk to people. Sometimes it makes me sad to hear, you know, what they've, what they're experiencing, but really, um, focuses me on how anyone else can really help support them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, Tracy and I, we also had the privilege to be out again this fall and we were able to, uh, we were keynote speakers at both the Minnesota Organization of Leaders for Nursing and the Ohio Organization. Mm-hmm. And it was just, palpable how much joy people had just being in the same room again after like two years of a hiatus, not being able to have their Mm -hmm. conferences and a real energy to just move forward right now. So, um, and I know it filled our cups too, just being with people again. Yeah.
1: That was great. And they're, they're resilient group. Right. And I think, you know, it's also, well, there's lots of challenges and, you know, lots to do, there's so much opportunity at at the yeah. same time right and so much opportunity to think out of the box to do things differently to to transform how we're delivering care and the experiences that our clinicians are having so yeah it seems like you know we're kind of at the bottom working our way up <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get there right we'll get there and and uh we'll bust through that i have no doubt about that so this is really great information yeah. to guide those changes that do need to, ha- to happen. So we look forward to the next report. <laughs> Us too.
2: You know, and I don't, yeah. think, I don't think anybody uh, finds that they want to return to the way things were, right? I think throughout healthcare, we know there were changes that needed to be made and, you know, transformations that needed to be, um, you know, completed Even before the pandemic, it really pushed us to see the challenges that we had, and it really exposed them, I think. But no one wants to return to the way things were. People are looking forward to the future, which I think is very positive. It's going to take a lot of work, you know, and for us to really be thinking in different new and different ways. But, you know, that's sort of energizing. And and I think the challenge is just having the time to do it while, you know, the train still got to run. You know, so we have lots of patients this this winter. We know RSV is really placing a challenge on many hospitals right now, particularly with the kids. Um, You know, flu season is projected to be really, you know, really difficult. Those things are things that we deal with anyway. So having the protected time to be able to really think for the future, I think, is a challenge. But um, we have to do this. We'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you just have to make those choices, right? and Make a little bit of time here and there. To kind of sit with what needs to happen and do that designing kind of work, right? That the yeah. leaders need to do. So, well, thanks so much. And you know, now we're on to the missing questions, Robin.
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> this is the most important part of the whole interview. Oh boy, you told me not to worry about this. <laughs> 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 nothing to worry about. Well, you know, you've brought such rich information to our listeners and it's all kind of we've been focused on, you know, the profession of nursing and the challenges and the opportunities. But we want our listeners to get to know you a little bit too. So, these are more personal questions okay. and not not too personal though. <laughs> personal enough that we get to know you a little better. So, just relax. So, the first one, is where is your favorite place to vacation and why? Oh,
2: okay. Well, I have the the very amazing good fortune of um, having a very tiny second home in the Florida Keys. And when I go there, there has never been one time that I haven't, you know, wanted to stay upon leaving. So even though it's, I don't know that I would consider that a vacation necessarily, or a destination that, that is my happy place, I must say. And, you know, my husband and I really enjoy visiting. Our kids love it. And that would be my answer. Lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it in. You didn't
1: have to phone a friend. (laughs) Good deal. I love that. Hey, if it's your happy place, that's the best place that to be. That is vacation, right? trying yeah. trying to take a, take, take a break, right? All right, here's the next one. What is your favorite book right now that's on your nightstand?
2: Well, I just got, this is, I don't know that I would consider my favorite book ever, but I can't wait to dive into it. It just arrived yesterday. Um, hmm. Jerusalem, the Biography. Ooh, and it is a very thick book, which has me a little bit intimidated. But um, I was—I mentioned I was traveling for the International Hospital Federation and was able to have a one-day um, total immersion in Jerusalem on the way back, oh. and um, it was just last week, as a matter of fact, that I got back. And the richness of the history. The religious acts, aspects, the archaeology, it, it was just, it was just almost overwhelming, and I wish I had more time. Yeah. So I asked our our guide, you know, if he would recommend a book, and he said Jerusalem: The, bio- the Biography by Simon Montefiore. And it just arrived yesterday, and I usually read on Kindle, but I know that this was a book that had lots of pictures and that my you know husband and I would would share. So that is sitting, that is sitting on my nightstand, actually. It just it just got here. I thought that would be a treat to start during the Thanksgiving um, long weekend. So haven't opened it yet, but looks great. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. And having yeah. been there
1: will be a whole different experience in reading the book, mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, that's exciting. All right, so here's the wrap-up question, Robin. So, you know, we teach healthcare leaders about polarity intelligence and to have more of a both-and mindset when it comes to many of the challenges that we deal with on a daily basis. And And uh, polarities are just interdependent pairs of values or issues that seem to be contradictory, but they actually need each other for a greater purpose. And we all have preference polls. So even though they're both equally important because of our human nature, we may tend to prefer one poll Mm -hmm. over the other. So I'm going to share polarity with you. And without overthinking it, just let our listeners know what your preference poll is. Okay? Okay. All right. Planning and executing.
2: Without a doubt, executing. Okay. (laughs) go robin that's good to know yeah plan do act check you know i sometimes it or it's act plan do. you know i i, I spent my career really in operations so um and a lot of that included planning and um you know, strategic planning, operational planning, but when the rubber meets the road, sometimes you just have to act. And that was sort of, you know, and, and do the debrief after and best laid plans do not always, you know, uh, commence in that fashion. So I would think, I would say I'm, a, I'm an app an implementer for sure.
0: Ah, uh, that's so <laughs> great right. to know too, to know that about yourself and for your team to know as yeah. well. So
2: that's awesome.
0: Ah. Oh. Was there any closing remarks you
2: want to make before we wrap it up, Robin? Um, The only thing I would add is that I want to thank both of you again for supporting our field, but also to our listeners who I would imagine are mostly healthcare leaders. And, um, you know, it's been quite a few couple years and I'm just still amazed and humbled when I'm able to visit and, you know, see that patients are still really um, the center of, of all the activity and, you know, having, I had a family member who was recently hospitalized pretty seriously um, a couple months ago and to see the care he received in the hospital. I mean, it, and it was just incredible to see how everyone rallied and supported not only him, um, but you know, the entire family. And so, you know, great things happen every day and I'm so grateful.
0: Uh, thank you. Thank you. And we're so grateful to have you on our podcast and really grateful to have your leadership um, at the helm of AONL. And I think you just uh, have been an advocate for the leaders out there and certainly have been very collaborative with many, uh, many others. So thank you, Robin. And for our listeners, this uh, wraps up another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, and we will see you on the next episode. Have a great day. Stay safe and healthy. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, now a top-rated podcast for healthcare leaders. Please share this podcast with other healthcare leaders and anyone else you think would benefit. We are certain that if you found value in it, they will too. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And also, it would mean the world to us if you took a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. It helps to get the word out about our podcast and incredible guests. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to watch our podcasts. You can also follow us on our Missing Logic social media channels: LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time.